Hey, peace, friends. Our Lenten preaching series is called The Essentials. And we're inviting our community over the next several weeks to explore Lent as a space to get back to the basics. That phrase is weird for me in terms of church life because as a kid growing up in evangelical Southern Baptist churches, the basics of faith were always fundamentalist truth claims. But I want to ask you this morning, what would it look like for us, for you, or for your family even, to experience a reorientation of sorts, a return to whatever that center is that keeps you grounded and feeling connected to God. It's a good season for us to consider these things as we are moving toward Easter in preparation for resurrection hope. I think we could all use some resurrection hope right about now. You know, for a lot of people in the world, Lent is a season that is seen as somber and one that centers on things like self-denial or fasting, uh, the pursuit of holiness as a means of drawing closer to God. All of those things have a time and a place, but for many in our church this year, it may already seem like we've been walking through a somber season because many of us have been. When life has been so difficult, For so many, is it reasonable to think that God somehow expects us to deny ourselves in some way just to be closer to God? So many in our community and in our world are already crying out to God, perhaps even crying out in anger, perhaps crying out for healing or some other kind of breakthrough. Is God already near and If God already cares so deeply, then why does it feel at times like God is so far away? Does God really want people who are already at the end of their emotional, financial, or relational means to sacrifice something in order to be ready for Easter hope? Why do we have to wait on God's hope? Wouldn't it be better if it just came immediately? I ask these questions rhetorically because if I'm really being honest with you, I have to admit, I don't feel like I have many answers some days. I do know this, though, in today's scripture text, not long after Jesus heard the words, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased Just right after he heard those words, he had to personally deal with Satan and being in the wilderness for a prolonged number of days, 40 days actually, which is the number of days that Lent is traditionally. And in the span of two verses, we learn that John, the cousin of Jesus, was arrested before being executed and that at the same time, Jesus was announcing the kingdom of God coming near. And so maybe... One truth of Lent is that paradox is a part of faith. That even when God seems incredibly far removed from our hopeless situations, and even when we are driven into the wilderness 
parts of life and existence and even when death and empire seem to rule the day and even when evil seems near god's good news and god's hope is still worthy of being announced and the reality of god's goodness is still somehow breaking into the world and the deconstruction that i've been going through in the last few years really over the last two decades, if I'm honest, I have cast aside so many inherited beliefs and systems of thinking as completely unnecessary or unhelpful to me in connecting with the divine. I have no qualms, for instance, at this point, viewing Genesis 1 and 2 as largely symbolic, along with many other portions of Scripture. And when I first began deconstructing my beliefs, I was willing to embrace the reality of symbolism and Hebrew mythology in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scripture. But I was very hesitant, however, to embrace the reality of symbolism and Christian mythology in the New Testament. I could accept the idea that the world was not created in seven literal days, but for some reason understanding anything about Jesus' allegorical or symbolic seemed anathema. Like some slippery slope where my whole framework for belief would crumble if I continued down that path. Or maybe if I believed that there was too much symbolism in the New Testament, that I wasn't really going to be saved and I was going to be bound for hell. But then when you stop believing that hell is real, then uh, that's not really an excuse now, is it? In the end, for me, though, having one interpretive lens or hermeneutic for the Hebrew Scriptures and a different one for the New Testament doesn't only pass uh, intellectual muster, but I'm not sure it's fair to our Jewish siblings either. How can we look at Lent less as self-flagellation and sacrifice and more like making space? What if we took time leading up to Easter to eliminate what isn't helpful for us and we peeled back or pulled away from distractions that keep us from feeling connected to God? I'm sympathetic to many who say that I could never believe in the God of the Bible. But I have observed over the years that some of the individuals that say that are interpreting the Bible quite literally and through the same fundamentalist lens as fundamentalist Christians. As if that were the only way to interpret the Bible. What if this Lent, instead of giving up chocolate or Dr. Pepper, neither of which I am ever willing to do, by the way, we gave up unhelpful interpretations of Scripture that make connecting to God more difficult? What if we simplified our own faith by embracing what Paul Ricoeur called the second naivete? He once wrote, Beyond rational and critical thinking, we need to be called again. This can lead to the discovery of a second naivete, which is a return to the joy of our first naivete, but now totally new, inclusive, and mature thinking.
What would it look like for us to experience a fresh sense of call and purpose this Lent? The second naivete that Ricoeur wrote about happens when we move beyond rational and critical thinking approaches and embrace a sense of wonder and mystery again. Maybe that's what Jesus said when he said we should have a childlike faith. If you began deconstructing your faith because of rational questions and critically examining your inherited beliefs and even the Bible, that is great. I celebrate that for you and for anybody that goes through that path. But if we stay stuck with only rationalism or only critical thinking as a way to approach faith, it may be difficult to begin reconstructing that faith into something that is fresh and indeed life-giving. And so, when I move from rationalism to mystery, I might say, you know, I'm not sure if a voice really spoke from the sky when Jesus was baptized. I don't know. But I'm more certain than ever that I should be listening for that voice that says, you are my beloved. I'm not sure if Jesus was tempted by an actual being named Satan. But I know that in Hebrew, Hasetan, which appears in Job chapter 1 and 2 over 20 times, simply means the accuser. And I know that with my ADHD, if I'm alone with my thoughts for more than 40 minutes, much less 40 days, that internal voice of accusation and self-judgment is incredibly loud. God forbid I forget to take my meds one day, right? Now, maybe that self-doubt and insecurity on my part doesn't change the fact that God has good news for the world and that I'm called to help announce it somehow. At the risk of sounding arrogant, maybe for Lent this year, I'll give up trying to appease or not upset everyone in my life who hasn't done the work of critically examining their own beliefs or of critically examining the Scripture. And in having grace toward others, I can have grace toward myself, too. And maybe it's not about no longer appeasing people to keep the peace, but simply about living more consistently as my authentic self. That seems like a move toward Easter hope and resurrection and new life in some ways. Getting back to basics and essentials of faith will likely look different for each of us. A quote that is sometimes attributed to Augustine is in essentials unity and non-essentials liberty and in all things charity or love. Well, in many conservative circles, this phrase is tossed around and I've even seen it on websites for churches. But the problem is in fundamentalist circles of belief, all beliefs are deemed essential beliefs, which leaves no liberty for dissent, no liberty for critical thinking, and no liberty for rationalism in terms of faith. 
The Hebrew prophet Micah wrote, What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Maybe that's what I'll try to get back to this Lenten season. What about you?